Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 604 of the Juicebox Podcast. This one's fun. Linda is the mom of a child with type 1 diabetes, and she lives, like, almost exactly where I grew up, and we figured that out very quickly at the beginning of the episode. It follows suit. I'd love to tell you what else we talked about, but I edited this program many weeks ago, and I no longer remember. That's as honest as I can be. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're new to the podcast, you should check out the Facebook page, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. It is private and has over 18,000 people in it, just like you. They're all talking about taking care of Type 1. If you're looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes or the Defining Diabetes series, they can be found at juiceboxpodcast.com or at I just forgot what the link. Oh, <laughs> I got it. Oh, boy. Or at diabetesprotip.com. It's been a long year. I made a lot of podcasts. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast isn't sponsored by anybody. I made more podcasts than I had ads for. That's okay, though. I do want to take a moment to thank the advertisers. And seriously, for you to understand... But the podcast just doesn't exist without the advertisers. I, you know, I'm not kidding. This is the end of December. It's between Christmas and New Year. You know, most people have off, or at the very least, they're not doing stuff like I'm doing right now. I keep putting out the podcast for you because that's what I do. And um, that's what I do because I can afford to do that because I have advertisers. And because you guys support them. You know, you support the show, you listen, you share it. That's why advertisers are interested. That's why I'm sitting here today and every advertiser we had from 2021 is coming back for 2022. I think we're adding one more. And that's a a testament to uh, many things, but a large part of it is due to you and your support. And I really appreciate it because I just, I couldn't make the podcast. Uh, I mean, I'm just being honest. I'm an adult. I can't make this podcast if I don't make money while I do it. So thank you very much for listening and sharing it with other people and supporting the sponsors. You know, you need an Omnipod, you get an Omnipod from my link. It's a big deal for me. Same with Dexcom, Contour, Gvoke, Touch by Type 1. If you support the T1D Exchange by taking their survey, um, Trialnet tried us out this year a little bit. Maybe they'll be back next year. Um, everything. I mean, it's just, and it's common sense, but when you support those things, it allows the podcast to go on. So there are links in your show notes and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to all the sponsors. And if you should need them, I really appreciate it if you'd use my link. Hi, my name is Linda and I have a son, Dylan, who's six, who was diagnosed almost a year ago now. And we live in Pennsylvania. Ooh, I was born in the Pennsylvania. I live outside of Philadelphia. That's where I used um, to live. All right, hold on a second, Linda. We'll bleep this part out. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I no, shouldn't have said no, that. No, no, that's that part. You want me to start over? No, 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 no. Don't. We're not starting over. What do you think this podcast okay. is? Some like well, like 
like edited thing. I'm just saying I'm I'm going to ask you a question, then I'm going to bleep out your answer and my answer. Oh, okay. Where do you live outside of of Philly? I live in. Okay, I grew up in. Oh my gosh, what a small world! <laughs> I could throw a stone there. <laughs> Isn't that insane? You started saying outside of Philly, and I was like, only people in the Northeast say that. Like outside of the Northeast, like nobody says they live outside of Philly if they live out, you know, on another side of the city. It's that it's very, it's a specific colloquialism to. And I'm not originally from here. So I think I picked it up just by being here. Yeah. I'll have to bleep all that out, but um, (laughs) no, don't be, stop saying you're sorry. So I don't sound weird to you. Do I? No, not at all. (laughs) For the rest of you suck it. That's amazing. Finally, someone (laughs) who thinks I sound normal. Excellent. We're going to have to say water, Oprah Winfrey, and all kinds of things while we're talking so we can hear our accent better. Oh, see, now that's funny. I don't have this accent. I'm from Boston. So I park my car and I go to the bar and order a beer. Never mind. (laughs) God damn it. Well, fine. We'll just just try really hard for me not to say water then while this is happening. My my kids are like, it's water. I'm like, I don't think it is. (laughs) No, see, when I go back home to Boston, they say I have a Philly accent. But when I'm in Philly, every once in a while, they say, you've got a Boston. So I don't know what my accent is. It's a good mix. Anymore. Anyway, uh, so you were just asking me a second ago, you said the, the you, you used the term the podcast is blowing up. Yes. And it's funny because it is. And yet I don't think of it that way because I've been working so hard on it for so long. Like to me, I can see the slow progression of getting to this spot. But when it starts doubling on itself then I can see where from the outside, it's like, look, it's blowing. It is. Like, I'm not arguing with, thank you. Let me start with that. (laughs) I'm not arguing with the sentiment. It's just that I see it from, in my mind, as an idea in 2014. And I see the first month getting as many downloads as, I'm going to say that the show's going to get in the next hour and a half. Wow. You know what I mean? Amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, you, you're doing great things. And I, I found you a little bit late. I didn't find you till a couple months in the diagnosis. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's not, I have to say something. So to give you some perspective, that's really early. And okay. um, I, I'd be, if the podcast is helpful for you, I'd be really grateful about that because a couple months in is still enough time you're not cemented into any of the ideas that anybody's given you. Um, you haven't been, you know, suffering for years or anything like that. So I think for you and your timeline, this is, that's great timing. I mean, if it worked out, unless you're on the show to tell me how much it sucks. And then. <laughs> no, it's, it's been, it, it, I found it at just the right time. We were four months in. I mean, I wish I had found it earlier, um, but we had just the first three months. No one really talked about pre bolusing yeah, no, that's um, not something commonly gets brought up, I don't think. No, on my three-month appointment, they're like, so, have you started to pre-bolus? And I was like, what? <laughs> What's that? No one mentioned it. Were you going to bring it up? Because Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but I had just started it like the week before. And then I you know, I started listening to the podcast and everything. So, um, it's yeah, it came at just the right time for me to, I had it's kind of settled into the diagnosis. I know that sounds weird to say, but, you know, just accepted it and sort of started sort of getting on solid ground a little bit, thinking we were starting to know what we were doing, but we were still in honeymoon, obviously. So it was easy. Um, and then we found the podcast as things started to change and we had to adjust and he was still MDI then. What did not, 
what did unsettled mean? Were you online looking for cures? Were you, like, what was what did not feeling uh, accepting look like? Um, I wasn't online looking for cures. I'm a type A, so I just wanna I want to get in there, get my hands dirty, and, and figure it all out. Um, but because of the pandemic, so that's kind of why we're talking. Because he was diagnosed during a pandemic, yeah. So there aren't a lot of live resources like somebody that I could go to and ask or see. I mean, our doctor's appointments after we left the hospital were telehealth. Um, the JDRF wasn't hosting any events. Um, there's a local chapter here near me of parents that put something together. They're not hosting live events. So it was really, I was looking for a tribe kind of online and didn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of unsettled that way. There weren't many resources in person that I could go to or someone that I could speak to. And the two tribers moms that I found um, that were the most help, I just found online through my local, um, on Facebook, my local town. I just kind of posted about how to get rid of sharps and needles in our town. Does anyone know? And the other mom of a diabetic in our school happened to reach out to me. That's cool. So, um, and that was pretty neat because my son was diagnosed um, August 8th, which was about two weeks before he started kindergarten. Um, and this mom reached out to me that first week. It was crazy. Two weeks before he started virtual kindergarten. Yes. (laughs) He got in-person diabetes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, And can I ask, did you (laughs) post about the sharps just to find out about the sharps or were you hoping kind of quietly that someone would be like, my kid has diabetes too, or I have, were you, did you have any underlying thoughts when you sent sent out that message? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I was looking for, you know, for some help um, and I found it. And then the other time I posted online was uh, I've got a cricket machine that people talk about and the overlay patches. I wanted to see if I could, you know, create his favorite characters on them. So I had posted in a group on Facebook for that. And I found a mom out of Florida, believe it or not, which is not where I'm from. And she connected with me. And she actually told me about children with diabetes and the Friends for Life conference yep. and all that. So you're learning um, as you go. You're taking little bits from people. Hey, hey I don't want to get too far away without asking what sure, a cricket, sure. cricket machine is. Oh, I'm sorry. So I actually have a silhouette, which is similar to a cricket. So you cut vinyl, you make decals and T-shirts and all sort of customized things. So I was looking to make customized overlay patches. Ah, gotcha. I, I just you said it like. Like you were saying, my left hand, and I was like, she really knows what that thing is, but I don't understand what it is at all. Hey, yeah, I have to tell you, and I'm now call, call, now setting up a need for me to bleep myself more. But you know, my wife went to Arch. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's in my backyard. That's cool, <laughs> literally, right, right by where you live. I have a right. I, have, I have a fantastic story about this school that has nothing to do with my wife. I was dating a girl who went there when I was much younger. And they were going away on some senior, like, trip. And I was a little older than her, so I was out of high school, and I also did not go to that school. Um, and I drove her to the school to drop her off for the trip. So we drove up. The parking was atrocious. You had to park across the street at this um, uh, shopping center, yeah. right? And um, 
I walked her over and uh, spent, I don't know, like 15 or 20 minutes milling around and saying goodbye and stuff like that. And I think at that age, saying goodbye means you kiss. And so um, we're saying goodbye. (laughs) And, you know, she gets on the bus and I walk back across the property, across the street, through a parking lot to get to my car, you know, thinking, I I wonder what I'm going to do with my one week of not being like a dating person. And then I get to my car and realize my keys are in her pocketbook. (gasps) So I am now sprinting down road, (laughs) waving my hands at a bus. (laughs) And the bus finally comes to a stop and I just look her in the face and I go, you have my keys and the windows are shut and she gets this look of like shocked horror surprise on her face and starts rooting around in her 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 stuff and then i continue to run with the bus until it stops at another light when she puts the window down and chucks the keys out the window at me (laughs) without saying anything to the bus driver nobody ever knew what was that i couldn't i couldn't like overtake i'm not that quick i couldn't overtake the bus you know what i mean (laughs) You're lucky there are so many lights on the road. Oh, 100%. I could just keep up and then, like, catch my breath and then keep up again. And then I took what ended up being, like, a 15-minute, like, sad walk back to where my car <laughs> Anyway, she cheated on me eventually. <laughs> uh, lovely girl, though, in case she's listening. Uh <laughs> I'm sorry. So I just don't, there's nowhere else for me to ever tell anyone that. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. You're the only one that has context for the, the space and the area and <laughs> yes. everything like that. Uh, anyway, that's, that's kind yeah. of stupid. Uh, well, what, what were some of the signs? Um, are we saying your son's name? Yes. Mm-hmm. What's his name? His name's Dylan. All right, Dylan. What were some of the signs? Like, how did you, I mean, like, did everybody in your family have type one and you were just like, oh, it's his turn or how did you figure it out? No, nobody at all had type one. So he was just going to the bathroom a lot um, and he wet the bed, which he had never done since he was potty trained. Like he was never one to wear pull-ups or anything like that. Um, And yeah, and that was it. And so we caught him pretty early. His um, A1C at diagnosis was 8.3. So I think that's timing. It's not super early, but um, if you don't mind, I'm going to go a little bit back because we kind of had it in our minds a little bit from um, like 10 months before. So 10 months before his diagnosis, he was going to the bathroom a lot. He wasn't drinking a lot, but he was going to the bathroom a lot. And we took him to the doctor thinking he may have an infection or something mm-hmm. weird for a boy, but let's take him. And they tested and everything was fine. And the doctor said, ah, sometimes this happens. Um it only lasts, it can last up to six months, but it might only last a month. Um, let's just keep an eye on it. So they had this big, long, confusing name for whatever the diagnosis was. Mm-hmm. said, okay. So then the, that was in an October, the following March. So six months before diagnosis, he woke up one morning and he couldn't walk. And he said his legs really hurt. And I called out of work. It was um, March 2nd. And took him to the doctor and he had a lot of muscle breakdown in his legs. And we had ended up going to the hospital to um, get some blood work done because if your muscle breaks down too fast, it can damage your kidneys. 
So they needed to see if he had kidney damage from whatever was going on. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. So we took him home and she just called, followed up the next two days. And he was kind of shuffling around like an old man by the end of the first day. Then he went to bed and he couldn't walk again the second day. And it was really scary. And they just said it was a virus and we had to just feed him lots of water and he'll get over it. Can I ask you right in that space, Do you are you thinking there's something seriously wrong with my kid? Or are you hoping it's just a virus? Like, which way did your brain take you? I'm an eternal optimist. I'm just thinking it's a virus. Okay. Um, but I do want to say this is two weeks before the coronavirus was announced. Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, ooh. so the, right? yeah. <laughs> we should play like old timey dum 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 music, like scary music. So yeah. go ahead. Keep talking. Sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was it. It just lasted two days. And a week later, they checked his numbers again to make sure that he didn't have kidney damage from it. And we moved on. Everything was fine and great. We had a great summer. And then August came. Now, because COVID two weeks later, they were saying kids don't get it. So couldn't have been that, right? Okay. Um, and But then right before diagnosis, they were saying, oh, no, it's an inflammatory disease that they're seeing in kids that might get corona. So I start sort of thinking, oh, well, maybe. So when he did get diagnosed because he was drinking a lot and going to the bathroom a lot and he broke the bed once, I asked the doctors, I said, hey, could this be? And they said, oh, no, no, definitely not. Um, but I don't know. I kind of think my mom's intuition. So now there's studies coming out that it might be linked. Um, but back when he had the virus in his legs, we didn't know about Corona. There were no tests for antibodies. And by the time six months later that I tried to put it together, the antibodies would never, wouldn't show up on a test if they took it. Okay. So we will never know. Yeah. So, okay. So the atrophy, I guess, in his legs was it accompanied by anything else? There are other symptoms? Nothing. Nothing else. Just He just couldn't walk. And I noticed it because I thought he just had a Charlie horse because he woke up in the morning with it. Mm-hmm. So I carried him down to the couch. And when he sat on the couch, he had his legs like straight out. Like kids wrap their legs underneath them and go in all these crazy positions because he was five. But he had his legs like straight out in front of him and just looked awkward, uncomfortable, something's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just odd that you went to a hospital twice for something that was serious enough that they were like, let's make sure his kidneys haven't been damaged, <laughs> but then head home. Like, and then was there any instruction in head home? Water. water. Just give him lots of water. Um, that's it. Hmm. Well, that's just water. Sketchy. Doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, and I got really nervous the second day because he's kind of shuffling around at the end of the first day. So I'm like, okay, well, we're going to get over this. And then the second day when he woke up, he couldn't walk again. Um, and the doctors got nervous then and made me take him in for a consult for a second time um, just to kind of look him over. Did it ever come close to you going to CHOP? No, no. not until diagnosis in August. No. They- well, no, we went to a different hospital to get the blood work done. Okay. Um, well, that's really weird. So do you, you don't have a diagnosis for the leg thing? No, it's a virus. Mm -mm. It was just viral. But do you think he was, do you think that diabetes was present at that time? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out because like I said, six months before that he had been peeing a lot for one month. Yeah. So 
I don't know if it maybe just exacerbated it and brought on the diagnosis maybe sooner. Set it up maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so listen, we all know that, and if you don't know, welcome to the show, that, you know, you, (laughs) um, if you end up with type one diabetes, you have these genetic markers that, that make it, that predispose you to having type one at some point. And the more of these markers you have, the more likely it is you're going to get it. And I, um, I forget the exact number of them, but I think there's five. If you've got three, like you're getting it at some point, like it's happening. So how it ends up happening, you know, a lot of people have stories about, I got sick, my son got sick, and then this thing happened. Arden had Coxsackie virus, then she had diabetes. Like, you know, and I think the confusing thing is in the terminology where people will say like, oh, I, um, I had uh, I had Coxsackie, and that caused type 1 diabetes. And it's like, well, it didn't, didn't give you diabetes. It's not like, I don't know how to put it. If you're walking down the street and you have a coin in your pocket, and someone walks up to you and tells you there's a coin in your pocket, they didn't give you the coin, right? They just made it, they made it aware. It made you, made you aware of it. And so, the, you know, you can get a virus that will then make your body go, oh, geez, I'm super sick. Uh, I'm going to go attack this virus. I got really confused and attacked my pancreas instead. Like there's something in, obviously I'm not a scientist, and but there's something in that. I just always want to be sure that people don't talk about it like, a made B happen out of thin air. Like A might have put things into motion that caused B to happen. It's an and important distinction, but I'm sorry. And uh, I believe that because in listening to your podcast, mm-hmm. um, I found out that it's autoimmune and my mother and my husband both have thyroid issues. These bastards. I knew it was someone's mm-hmm. fault, Linda. We figured it out. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> what what else do your pasty family members are they from <laughs> ireland or england or something like that initially? how did you know of yes because i do a podcast where everybody's from ireland or england at some point in their family line and they have like autoimmune stuff wrong with them um it's it's just a it's a good bet you don't have to be from there obviously but it's just yeah. a good well, bet. my grandmother's from cook county or county cook i don't know how that's yeah ireland well and you lived in boston so yeah. you know it wasn't hard to put together uh but but uh, any other autoimmune stuff for them, or is it just thyroid? Just thyroid. Do you know if they have Hashimoto's or if they have hypothyroidism? Uh, Find out. My, I don't, my husband would know which one he has, but yeah. I think it's Hashimoto's, ah, but I'm not sure. And that's the autoimmune version of a th- oh, thyroid issue. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. You can get- and my mom actually had half her thyroid removed. <sighs> Interesting. Any other kids, Linda? Um, my husband has a daughter um, who's 20, and but we have no kids, no other kids together. together. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Is and they your... told me she didn't need to get tested because it's not the old same parents. <laughs> People don't know if what they're do, talking about. <laughs> if you do trial net, they, I asked if we should test her. They said no. Yeah, trial net needs more funding so that they don't have to say stuff like that. Um <laughs> Yeah. I, uh, I, it just doesn't fall on the parameters of how they do it, I would imagine. There's right. a, there's um an, there's other tests you can use that you'd have to pay for, but you know it's up to her. Obviously, does your husband have any brothers or sisters? He has a brother. Does that brother have an autoimmune issue and or children? No, and no. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I feel like there's a whole yeah, podcast. Well, that brother. and here's another interesting fact: when we were at Chop with the diagnosis, 
they had told us that the last 30 families that had been through CHOP in August, there was no genetic link. Yeah, but people always say, is there diabetes in your history? They don't That's ask true. they don't ask about did your great grandmother have celiac because, you know, or something like that, which in my mind is a genetic link. But I, I hear what you're saying. Now that you say that I had a cousin who had celiac. Of course. It, it, you should yeah. start a podcast about something. You'd become like a like a <laughs> savant, an idiot. I think I'd be an idiot savant. An idiot savant about <laughs> it. Uh so right before COVID like strikes and hits. Your kid gets diabetes. Everything is virtual. Was this your first experience with virtual, like, doctoring? Yes. Mm -hmm. And actually, they did a telehealth to diagnose him. And then they said, no, I need to come in because they wanted to check his sugars. So we did a telehealth and it turned into, no, come into the office, park in the parking lot, and we'll come out and get you. All right. Now they say he has diabetes. What do they do next? Do you live in your car in the parking lot? Yeah, they sent me down to chop. Okay. They sent me down to chop. Can I, can I tell a kind of a funny story? So we go no, in. absolutely not, Linda. Don't tell And they stories. test his blood sugar. And he had a granola bar for breakfast that mm-hmm. morning. I'm just going to say that. Okay. Because granola bars spike us like crazy. We know now. So he went in and they took his blood and it was 536. Well, too bad. But my eyes got super wide. I didn't know what the right number was supposed to be, but I knew it wasn't supposed to be in the 500s. Mm-hmm. And I had promised my son that he he was good because he's five. During this appointment, knowing that they would probably prick his finger, I said, we'll go to the Lego store and we'll get you some Legos if you're a good boy. Well, the doctor says, you need to go right down to Children's Hospital right away. Um, and I said, okay. And I get in the car and I'm like, I promised this kid Legos. I cannot take him to this big children's hospital, knowing we're going to be there for days and like not get him his Legos and not get him his blankie. So I literally went to the Lego store, grabbed something real quick, came home, grabbed his blankie before we went to the hospital. So that's my bad mom moment. It's not, it's not at all. Everyone has some sort of story like that where they're just like, ah, so we waited till tomorrow. You you know, like, and I mean, it wasn't that it, you don't have context. Like, let me ask you right now, if, in that exact same situation, another child was diagnosed. Would you go to the Lego store first? Um, I would, but I have the insulin, so I can give him insulin first. Oh, I guess <laughs> I, I guess I should have asked differently. If you had, if you knew about diabetes, what you knew no, now, right? You I would not have. Know. Absolutely not. You just didn't know. Absolutely that. not. That's all. I didn't realize how sick he was. Yeah, and they didn't say anything either. I mean, they told me to go to the hospital, and they told me to go to the children's hospital, not the hospital that's closer. Mm-hmm. So that was. Kind of a, you know, but I knew we were going to be staying for days and my husband actually was working. He works weekends. It happened to be a weekend and he was already down in the city. So there was no way that he would be able to come home and pick everything up. I kind of felt like we had one shot and the doctor's like a mile from my house too. And so is the Lego store. I mean, it's all sort of on the way and I'm, I'm making excuses for myself. No, I don't know why you are. It's, it's, I think that's a thing where if you retold that story in five years, you would not feel like you had to defend yourself you know what i mean yeah. like it's just one of those things you didn't know so you did what made sense yeah um, and he was back in the 300s so i say that like it's nothing when we got him to the hospital it was just that granola bar just really spiked him up but i know he was sick yeah. um he wasn't in dka um his ketones were gone i think within five hours okay so he's got some function from his pancreas still working helping him out at that point yes 
Yes, but we knew he was sick because obviously we wouldn't have taken him to the doctor if we didn't think he was sick. What was it like at that point going into uh, a major hospital? I mean, Corona was in effect at that point. No, or was they just talking? It about was. It? Yeah. Yep, we were six months into it. Okay, so what what was that like being admitted? Scary because you hear all these stories about people contracting Corona while they're there, and if I know he's already sick. Um, and I was going alone cause my husband was working. I mean, he ended up meeting us there within, you know, an hour or two, as soon as he could get someone to cover for him. Um, but it was scary going alone and my son knows about hospitals. He was a preemie. So he's been, he was born three months early. Mm-hmm. So he's been followed a lot and been to hospitals kind of throughout his life. Um, and so it was nerve wracking. It was like, here we go again, type. Just one more thing. Yeah. So the, it, the, the virus, the coronavirus thing wasn't at the top of your mind, really? Not at that point. Okay. Um, it was just, I was afraid that we could get it if he went there. You were afraid for yourself, too? You know, I didn't even think about that then. It's, it was all about him. It really was. So now, do you see um, I asked you that question so you can realize you're not a bad mom? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Like, it, of course you weren't worried about yourself, right? You would have gone anywhere. Yeah. Like if they told you that the the only children's hospital that helped people with diabetes was the bottom of an active volcano, you would have been like, okay, let's go. You, you know, Absolutely. like it, it, it just kind of, you know, you, you keep making, you get new information and then you make the best decision you can make. And then you get new oh, information. Yeah. You just If he was up. 500 today, man, I, you know, I can't even imagine. It would be, would be on our way to the hospital. Well, you would think you did you know? something, like something would be really out of whack. Can, Absolutely. What you've seen. Yeah. So I would be checking ketones and calling ahead and making sure they had a bed ready. <laughs> how long did they keep him? Four days. Okay. Seems and I think that was more for our training, for the parents' training. Yeah. Like um, the third and fourth day, you were like, we should leave. This hotel sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The yep. continental breakfast is dry and there's nothing to do in the afternoon. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. While we're in the hospital and they hand you the menu to order his, his meals and they, they tell me he can eat whatever he wants. Okay. So I know nothing about diabetes except for everybody always thinks type two. So I'm like, what do you mean he can eat? And I thought that they were just going to tell me that like while we were at the hospital, while he was in a controlled environment. And I thought when we went home that he was going to have to stop eating everything. (laughs) Oh, really? I don't know what. Yeah, I had no idea. Like, I wasn't believing them when they told me he could eat anything he wants as I'm looking at the menu that has the carb counts. I thought they were just going to maybe easily back it off and, you know, slowly make a lifestyle change or something. Linda, we're going to take a detour for a second because you just said home. And I just finished watching The Mayor of Easttown on HBO. (gasps) Did you watch that? I am three three episodes in. Okay, well, I won't ruin anything for you. But uh, what's the Titanic girl's name? Uh this the lead. Oh my god. The lead, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. So she's obviously not from around here. And <laughs> someone gave her some diction lessons for Philly. And as that thing goes on, you'll realize they they seem to work in a couple of the words so that you can hear the Philly accent, except it's way off. And I, to me, to my ear. And she's when she says home, she goes, home. Like it's just so she's not even from the United States, no, right? No, no, she's from the island, I believe. So it's yeah. it's it's 
home. She goes, home. And you just, and I was been making fun of it for seven or six episodes of the Mayor of Easttown, but then you just sort of did it a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like, was Kate Winslet right? <laughs> <laughs> I told you my accent's from all over the place. Yeah, yours is a little, so that makes more sense because there's, anyway, it's a depressing series, but it's well done. Um, and, uh, <laughs> But it's uh, but yeah, she was just like it's home, and I'm like home. I don't think we talk like that. But then again, I don't know. I say water, so what the hell? You know what I mean? <laughs> I have no idea, really. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. Okay, so you're super new at this still, then? You, um, what, what is, like a year? Ten months in now. Ten months. Okay. Yeah, August will be our one year. Do you feel new at it still? I do. I get really nervous because obviously he's still in honeymoon. Um, but he's, we've had to double his basil twice, but because they were so small when we started to me, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm doubling, but it's still only small increments. And they still say he's in honeymoon. Okay. So when I have to mess with basil and carb ratios, I get nervous. What's he weigh? Yeah. You sent me pictures. Oh, yeah. I guess is he 60 pounds? Um, you know what? He's a lot, he's 51 now. Oh. Um, he lost a lot of weight after diagnosis. Cause he's, he's always been a good eater, but he's not snacking as often. And that's his choice. Not ours. Okay. You know, yeah. um, he he's eating healthier. So he was, I think he was 51 pounds of diagnosis, but before that he was close to 60. Um, is he MDI or on a pump? Uh, we got the Omnipod a couple months back. So we are potting. We're so excited. Oh, cool. And he, but he's not snacking as much as before. Do you think it's a decision about diabetes? Do you think he's trying to not intersect with a diabetes decision? Or do you think he's just not hungry? I think he's just not hungry because if he is, but it's so, kids are funny. So He'll ask for non-carb snacks. Like he'll ask for a cheese stick sometimes too. Like if he's hungry and he doesn't really want to deal, I think with the diabetes, he'll ask for a cheese stick. Mm -hmm. Um, Or he knows we know that's a healthier snack. So he knows we might say no to cookies, but okay, go ahead, have a cheese stick. Okay. Um, Were you limiting, and I don't mean limiting in a bad way, but like, were you avoiding foods when he was on MDI just so you wouldn't have to inject or was that not happening? No, we didn't avoid anything. Okay. the other thing is, I want to say he was getting a little bit. Wait, you, you I, just, I need to say this for oh, a five-year-old. Okay. He was getting a little chunky. Okay, uh, the January before diagnosis, so eight months before diagnosis, as a family, we changed the snacks he was eating. Oh. So we went from goldfish and things like that to we gave him a drawer in the fridge with his name on it. He was all excited, and it would have cheese sticks. It would have pudding was the one thing that he could think that he was getting something, you know, really good, but it would have fruit cups and applesauce and yogurt, the yogurt, go, 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 go sticks. So the January before diagnosis, we started um, giving him healthier snacks to sort of keep him healthy as a kid. Um, And he's a good eater, like I said. Um, So that's another reason why we didn't notice the weight loss. Okay. Before diagnosis, because we were like, oh, this is working great. You know, these healthy snacks. You so and we kind drawer? of changed it eight months before diagnosis, the way he snacked. Ah, so you just thought you were a genius. <laughs> you were yeah, a genius. right? I was like, I got this. This parenting so, thing. Other people complain about it, but look how easily I handled this. 
<laughs> rest of you suckers don't know what you're doing. It's not me. I put a name on a drawer to kids out of his mind, eating all kinds of stuff that isn't junky anymore, and I win. Look at me. You were probably That's getting right. ready to buy yourself a crown and a scepter, walk around town. I, w- I was ready. I was ready. <laughs> Go let the other ladies know how you've conquered having children. <laughs> I bet you don't feel like that anymore. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not a bit. <laughs> Not a bit. Oh, my gosh. So what What are um, 10 months in? 10 months in. How long have you had a pump? Oh, gosh. Um I wrote it down so I would know too. Uh, we got a March first, so we've had a pump three months. Okay, all right. So and CGM, you're using a, any kind of CGM? Dexcom. Okay. Had you had that before the pump? Yes, we got that uh, three months in, and the Omnipod. They said we could have gotten it five months, but it took two months to get it through. You know, healthcare, <laughs> all those. You know, the truth is for people listening, Linda. If you get on the phone about every 48 hours with your insurance company, <laughs> you'll get it a lot faster than that. Um, Do you know what the issue was? It was a crazy issue. So in order to get it, we needed notes from two different doctor visits. But because we were at the five-month mark, we only had one visit with the actual endocrinologist. So they kept saying, we need two, we need two. And the hospital saying, we sent you everything. Oh, and I see. The problem. Was, I, I had to get on the phone eventually and, you know, tear it up for 48 hours and say, he's only seen the endo one time. Two things. I don't know why in this day and age, medical facilities can't figure out communication, but they're terrible at it still. And your uh, phone ringer just made me realize how Sorry. much I unnaturally love a Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> Is it the Devil Wears Prada? I love that movie. <laughs> I think I've only seen it like once. Oh my god, once a year. Yeah. <laughs> like, like uh, now I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch it. I don't know why, honestly. It's maybe it's something to do with Arden watching it or something. But I've seen that movie like a dozen times, I think. And that ring is her um, is her cell phone ring in the movie. Oh. So. I was trying to find the connection. I was like, I don't get it. But yeah, okay. no, no. That's what just happened. And I was like, oh, my God, Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm this close. And I'm holding my fingers about two inches apart. I'm this close from being a lady at this point, from being a stay, <laughs> from being a stay-at-home yeah. dad for 20 years. I, I, it, if I had two ovaries, I could probably make a baby. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm jealous. I wish I could have been a stay-at-home mom. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic not working. I mean, yeah. being home with your kids is a wonderful thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, oddly, both of those things. Uh, not having to go to a job every day is uh, wonderful. And I did it for the first couple of years. Did you like it? Well, I did it for the first year, and then I went part-time for about three years. I did. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I have a, I, I think I have an understanding of my kids that you can't get from being around them intermittently. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it, 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 it's sort of like, this is odd too, but uh, maybe not unlike the podcast and having, I mean, I don't even know at this point, you're probably like close to the 600th conversation I've had. Right. <laughs> um, and just being around other people. And getting to kind of absorb how they feel about things and how they see things and getting to watch them from afar a little bit and have personal conversations with them. You just get a feeling for things that uh, it's not possible another way. And so being with the kids every day and having that same interaction with them 
you know, I might know things about them that they don't know. And yet the bigger impact is how the way other people see the world changes me. Like that's, mm-hmm. the, that's, that's the real value for me. Like, I, I don't think anybody would listen, but everybody should have a podcast, you know, or, or just call people on the phone. I guess you don't have to record it if you don't want to, uh, but you know, like having those real, and, and I'm in an interesting situation. Whereas if you were to call a friend on the phone, right. A friend would feel a little guarded. You would feel like contemporaries, um, right. you know, and so I'm in a really unique situation right now where you feel like on some level you need to answer my questions, which is, of course, not true. You could say no to anything. But y- y- when people come on, they're very uh, agreeable to having an honest conversation. So then I get to hear more of what they're really thinking and less of what they're willing to tell people, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you've you've already said a bunch of things that. I don't think you would tell somebody in a regular course of a conversation. Probably not. Yeah. Right. So I, I win. <laughs> I, get to, I get to have that, like I get to have that experience. Um, and you get to uh, share it with a bunch of other people, which is really cool. Um, so what success look like today? What are your, like, what are your goals uh, for like variability? Where do you have your high alarm set, your low alarms? What's your A1C goal? How do you, think about all that. Sure. So I want to be sub six right now. Um, we're six, one and six, two at our last two appointments. So I keep telling my diabetes educator, we're going to be sub six. Um, but I feel like we're struggling with that because there we go. There's, There's your alarm. <laughs> What's the high alarm set at? Where is it? Mine is set at 150 just so I can do something with it. Right. Um, yeah. And he had waffles this morning. So yeah, we just hit 158. Do you use, but um, I know. Uh, 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 do you make the waffle by hand? Was it from a restaurant? Was it frozen? It was Lego. My ego. Those, those <laughs> had, things are tough. I had 20 minutes before uh, I had to jump on with you. Um, Linda, no bowl. Those things. It's sugar-free hard. syrup. Yeah. But those, so. those Eggo waffles are hard to bowl us for. Yes. Yeah. They're, uh, you got it. <laughs> he hasn't had one in probably two months, um, but he was asking me for the special breakfast that I make him on weekends, which happens to be cinnamon rolls. So oh. we're like you. We don't shy away from food right. just because of diabetes. Cool. We just try and stay on top of it. I have a great waffle recipe, but man, it's a lot to make it. Ah, uh, dude, I have a waffle maker. You have yeah. to send it to me. Yeah, it's a it's a great recipe, but I mean, there's buttermilk mm-hmm. in it, and you're you're fluffing egg whites and but it works out really well when you're done you're like i shouldn't be eating this uh, <laughs> it's the feeling you everything have. in moderation yeah you know? well a waffle's pretty big and you went to all the trouble taking out the waffle maker so then you're like well i'll just have a little more and uh <laughs> yeah. actually they freeze well oddly hmm. but they're hard to warm back up you have to microwave them a little and then toast them to get them back to anyway this is a rabbit hole on absolutely waffle. uh yeah okay so you're looking for sub six. You're just above it right now. When you tell the mm-hmm. educator you want sub six, do they say, no, you're doing great? Or do they say, sure, go for it? They're kind of funny because they know I'm type of, they're like, go for it. They said their average is eight. So they tell me, don't, don't try and push myself, but they're totally open about it. Um, you know, they set aside an hour for a telehealth. And after 20 minutes, they're like, um, we looked at all your charts. You're good. You're doing great. Cool. So. We're really lucky because I hear some other stories. 
we're lucky. Yeah. No, sometimes people start doing better and better and they get yelled at by their doctors, which is fascinating. I also think it's interesting to tell somebody, oh, you have a 6-1 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The average for the practice is eight. So you're doing great. I, yes. I don't feel that way. I feel like what they should be saying is, oh, you're 6-1. The average for the practice is eight. We're not doing a very good job. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why are they using other, like, do you know what I mean by that? Yes. Like, that's a weird yes. thing. Like, if you if we were all running a race together and the average time to finish the race was an hour and you finished it in uh, 30 minutes and they were the trainer, mm-hmm. why would they not think, huh, apparently you can finish this race in a lot less time? Like, why? Well, and that's, he was diagnosed at 8.3. Right. Well, and he also probably is, you're saying he's still honeymooning too. So do you think he you're is getting, a little bit? You're getting, but I'm just saying, no? you're telling me where I have to be in the hospital for four days because I'm an 8.3. <laughs> right. That's the and best then your patients three are months doing. Later, apparently. you tell me, oh, the average is eight. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, listen, there's a lot of people have different financial situations. They have different technology, they have different abilities right. and levels of understanding. So I get why. I get why people's A1Cs could be eight easily. Like, that makes sense to me. I also understand, like, for adults listening, like, I, I guess I was saying that more around children, but for adults listening, like, I can also get how you could get burned out or just, like, go through a number of months where you're like, oh, you know, I'll pre-bolus after I eat. <laughs> we'll call it pre-post-bolus. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I can see where you could get beat yeah. up by it. Um, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, from the doctor's point of view, why is the thought not, I wonder how we get everybody closer to six instead of just treating you like you're special for being at six? Mm-hmm. I mean, not that you're not. I'm just saying, I don't know why they don't go deeper into their own oh, I am. minds. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, you are special? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't think you are. I'm a different kind of special spot. <laughs> well, ooh, also, let me get my pen. I think you might have just named the episode a different kind of special. Good job. <laughs> I leave it up to you guys to name your episodes. Uh, You don't realize it's happening, but it is. Yeah. Uh, So the only other thing, if you don't mind, the only other thing I wanted to talk about with the the whole diagnosis during the pandemic is I told you I found my tribe. You know, I mm. found moms that I can connect with um, uh, through Friends for Life. They do Moms for Life like every other Monday. They do a Zoom so I can talk and ask questions and they've been absolutely amazing. Um, but Dylan hasn't had anyone really to connect with, um, because we've been virtual for school. Um, and that's just been, we went virtual to hybrid to virtual to hybrid to full time by the end of the year. So that was, that's interesting too, by the way, trying to get sugars under control where school is very different settings than home. I feel yeah, and to go too. from home to hybrid to home to full time has just been a crazy roller coaster ride for us too. Mm. And you said home again, so it's just a bonus for me, really. Uh, yeah, and now we've got the pool and the neighbor's trampoline. That's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a lot of stuff going on. A lot uh, of stuff going on, but but my problem is he doesn't have any other kids that have it that he can. There's one fourth grader in his school, but it's not really his peer because she's four years ahead of him. Yeah. Um, so we haven't been able to, to see anyone his age, except we are going to, in two weeks, we're going to go to the friends for life. Um, so that I can meet the moms that I've been talking with online and he gets to meet kids his age. You're going to Florida. Um, God, you're going to Florida. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're doing it in yeah. person again. 
And we're going to do the parks for two days. He's a big Star Wars fan. So he's excited. Sounds great. You Um, made me. But I'm just, I just want him to feel like he fits in. And he, he, he gets involved a little bit with his care. Um, I mean, he can look at a number and know if it's good or bad or things like that. Um, But I want him to maybe take a little more independent. I don't want him to be in charge of it at all, but I want him to feel more normalized and sort of maybe be able to ask questions to people other than us. Maybe someone else can explain it to him differently than I could. Yeah. I think it's, um, there's, you're going to see a lot of people who have his experience, at least it'll be a shared experience. And that I would imagine would make him feel, um, part of a group, which, you know, and and I'm hoping maybe if he sees an eight year old that he can kind of look up to doing something on his level that he might want to think about how to get to that. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's, I have a couple of episodes with younger kids, but not many, although somebody just put up a list yesterday on the, are you in my Facebook group? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. There, there's one in there. I, I, I put it up with a picture. Somebody made a list of episodes that had, uh, people on who were 18 and under. And oh. I, I, I was surprised it's two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's like 14 or 15 of them so far on the list, uh, which I, I even I didn't think I'd spoken to that many kids. But I guess over the years they pile up and I don't uh, I, I don't realize. But yeah, I mean, a six year old's not listening for a podcast. Like, I mean, if you were yeah. listening in the background and there was a kid on, maybe there'd be like a fleeting moment where he's like, oh, there's a kid who has diabetes, you know, but they're not, you know, he's not looking to listen to somebody's conversation, I wouldn't imagine. So that's kind of been a little bit of our struggle, I think not really a big struggle because he doesn't have to know, but I would just like him to have it a little more normalized. Do you think it's not? Um, well, not so much with the pod, but when we were MDI, he would be embarrassed like out at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. Um, if we had it, he would want to go to the bathroom and I would kind of say, no, we're just, no one's going to watch. It's okay. We can do it right here. Um, you know, and we'll put you on the inside of the booth and we would kind of work on that. So I think he's a little bit shy about it. Linda, you're um, from Boston. Like the pods and really helped. You're from Boston and Philly. And you said, don't worry, no one's going to look. You didn't say F- them. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a clean podcast. Now. Yeah, I know. But I'm, I want to know what you were thinking when you were talking to that kid. We it can was, bleep out the rest of it. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> That's why I was speaking slowly to make yeah. sure I don't slip. Honey, how about mommy gets up and kicks everyone's ass and then we'll inject? How's that sound? <laughs> Right. Walk around this restaurant, beat it some heads, and then we'll do it. Anybody looks your way is getting one right now. <laughs> right, right. Oh, my gosh. I, I am definitely that kind of mama, too. Yeah, so I understand. You know, I just want, he's actually knocking at the door right now. Is he? Let him in. Do you mind see what if happens. I have him say hello real quick? Of course. Okay, hold on. It'd be great if he said hello. Come in, say hello. We're talking about your diabetes. Can, can he hear me? Hi, Scott. Hey, Dylan, yeah. can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hi, Dylan, Scott. Hey, Dylan, how are you? Good. Cool. How old are you, man? Six and a half. Wow. I do not remember being that young. That is really mm-hmm. cool. Uh, do you enjoy any sports or what's your favorite TV show? Golf. Golf? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you guys don't watch the Eagles? No. 
No, no football. That's cool. Right? You can see. What about, uh, I heard you're going to Florida. What are you going to do while you're there? Oh, on rides. Yeah. There's a really cool uh, ride of the Millennium Falcon um, that you should check out in the Star Wars park. And while you're there, so many characters from the movie are going to be walking around. It's really great. Okay. Yeah, it sounds fun. Uh-huh. Cool. Hey, I heard you have an Omnipod and a Dexcom. My daughter has that stuff too. Oh. Do you like the Omnipod and the Dexcom? Yes. Yeah. My daughter does too. She's older than you. She's 17, but she's had diabetes since she was two years old when she was a baby. I heard you just got it recently. Yes. Yeah. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, things are okay? Yeah. That's cool. I wanted you to know that I know so many people who have diabetes, and they're all cool people. So you must be cool, too. You think you are? Yes. <laughs> I think you are, too. All right, Dylan. Well, thank you for talking. Let me say goodbye to your mom, and then I'll, you can have her, okay? Okay. All right, man. Have a good day. Bye, Scott. Bye, Dylan. <laughs> Thanks for doing that, Scott. No, are you kidding me? I'm finally getting some people on my intellectual level to speak, though. I was tired of feeling like uh, you were smarter than me. (laughs) Um, uh, He's adorable. Good for you. Congratulations. Uh, You're not making more babies, right? Are you you an older mom? Not like... Yeah. I I know everything. I I, I can really read through people. (laughs) Well... I kind of gave a hint when we said we had a 20 year old, but yeah, I'm an older mom. (laughs) I don't know your husband didn't meet a girl in fourth grade and make a mistake. I don't, I wasn't sure what was up. (laughs) You can't get somebody pregnant when you're in fourth grade, right? No, that's like physiologically impossible, I believe. Um, uh, I I think I take things a little bit more in stride, I think, being an older mom. Yeah, right. You have a little more life experience. A little bit. Yeah. Just, Just different. Yeah, I no, right. I mean, I was so young when we had kids and Kelly was, you know, I basically stole Kelly from her family. So she was like younger <laughs> and um, we didn't know what the hell we were doing ever. Like nothing. We never had any kind of like life experience to draw on for the next life experience. Like you were making everything up as it was happening. Um, mm-hmm. The diabetes thing was the, uh one of the first I, I times think we were like an adult. a little bit more of a perspective. Like, I think if I were. When I was younger, I would it would have been the end of the world for me. You know, I would have, I don't know. I think I just would have taken it a lot harder yeah. you than can. You, when I'm when I was older and could say, okay, you know, we'll we'll meet this head on and we can do this and we'll make it work. All right. Well, listen, I don't usually end so abruptly, but Dylan clearly needs okay. you. So, um, I'm sorry. No, don't watch. you have apologized to me five times. You're way more polite <laughs> than somebody from where you're at, uh, where you live and where you came from should be. You, sh- you should just tell me to shut up. I got to talk to my kid now. <laughs> um, but I, I really do appreciate you doing this and, and talking about it. It was, uh, it's interesting to hear. Um, I mean, your story is fairly unique. The thing with the legs is I've never heard that before. So that was, uh, that was really something else. Yeah, I confused the doctor too. Yeah, great. That's that's always that's always comforting. You know? <laughs> In all my years, I great. Thanks a lot, buddy. I'll back to Google. 
right. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for taking the time to talk with me. You have a great day. It's my pleasure. I'll talk to you. Um, I'll let you know when this comes out. I'll do my best to let you know. That'd be great. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye, Dylan. I want to thank Linda for coming on the show today and doing such a great job telling her story. And I'd like to thank you, of course, for all the support and love that I've received from you throughout 2021. There's going to be one short episode coming up before the end of the year. And then we are starting strong, strong, my friend. Don't don't even pretend that you don't believe me because I have got a great week of podcasts coming for you right away, right out of the gate, right out of the chute, right in the beginning. May old acquaintance be forgot. I don't know what that means. Honestly, I mean, what does that mean? Why would you want to forget your old acquaintances? Nevertheless, there's going to be some great episodes coming up for you right away in the new year. So don't drink too much because I need you wide awake on that Monday downloading some podcasts.